And welcome back to another episode of Double Dwelling Podcast. My name is Brandon Deke. Thanks so much for tuning in today. Talking strictly Philadelphia Eagles with my friend, my man, Bo Wolf. How's it going? Doing all right. How are you? I'm doing okay. It's been a been a start to the morning. Leafs are in the playoffs, so I'm a little little worried about that. Doing a disappointing run coming from my Toronto Maple Leafs. So um, a little stressful start to the day. Well, that'll happen. <laughs> okay. Uh, the big news yesterday, of course, the Philadelphia Eagles signed Jalen Hurts to a big contract extension. I think there's a couple of ways we could talk about this, but I guess I'll start with instant reaction. What was the, how did the day go? Because it's happened around 11 o'clock. Um, kind of dive me into exactly where you were and what happened in the process of uh, dissecting the Jill Hurts contract. Yeah, we were doing a, we were doing a podcast interview with Dane Brugler uh, for Birds with Friends, but I think it was an, an, an opportunity to sort of reflect on just how much things have changed over the past, you know, 13, 14 months, you know, a year ago. Coming off that loss to the Bucks in the playoffs, nobody knew who the long-term quarterback of the Eagles was going to be. Uh, they were flirting with the possibility of trading for Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson. They had these two first-round picks in 2023 that you could point to as the opportunity to maybe find the long-term franchise quarterback. And a year later, you know, not only is Jalen Hurts here and is he the guy and he's he's the $255 million man, but like you know, his number one weapon is his best friend, A.J. Brown. His his new offensive coordinator is a guy he's known his entire life in Brian Johnson. Right now, like, he is the Eagles. This is his team. He is, you know, the king of the organization, you know, the, the king of the city. Um, and it's it's crazy just how, how quickly that all has happened. Do you think the contract was worth it? Like, is Jalen Hurts worth this t- kind of money? Yeah, I do. Uh, I mean, it's sort of the cost of doing business for, for having – a franchise quarterback. I mean, last year he was a top five quarterback, at least probably a top three quarterback in my mind. You know, he finished second in, in MVP voting. Um, I think the only thing that you would worry about is he's been injured each of the past two seasons down the stretch. I'm sure that that is a, um, a serious uh, point of organizational emphasis. This offseason is how do we ensure that this guy is on the field um, to be the leader that we want him to be. But, uh, I think, you know, even if he even if he doesn't improve like he has improved every year so far in his career, if he just stays at that level, he's absolutely worth worth the money. Have you uh, have you seen the salary cap numbers that came out from Adam Sheffer yesterday? Yes. OK, so there's a guy named Nick Corte, I believe, from the over the cap. He had a tweet. Right. It's kind of like how the how the salary cap structured. Um, what do you make of how Howie Roseman has structured this contract? Well, it, it's sort of, first of all, it, it, it aligns with what the Eagles typically do in, in pushing the money out. But it's also uh, like it makes sense if you think about the fact that this, you know, it's it's a five-year extension. It's not a redo. So this year is still basically the final year of his rookie deal. He's, he's getting a little bit of a raise, I think, from $4 million to $6 million roundabout um, in terms of how much he makes this year. And it's like it's, it's structured in a way that he's going to get his money. Um, the Eagles are going to have a little bit of flexibility over the first few years to be able to, to support and buttress the roster around him. And then probably, you know, three, four years down the road, they're going to do some kind of restructure so that, you know, I, I've seen that tweet. It's like a, you know, $70 million hit <laughs> yeah. in what, 2026 or whatever it is. 81 million in 2027, 76 million in 2020. Right. And that's going to be, you know, they're going to restructure it by the time they get there. So yeah, um, it's, it's all sort of, basically how, how the Eagles have done business in the past. Does this co- How do you think this contract affects how High Rosen is going to build the roster, I guess, this year and the next coming years? 
Yeah, I mean, I think that the conversation of like um, it's so hard to build a roster with a, a high-paid quarterback has gone a little bit too far. Um, like each of the last three Super Bowl champions had a veteran quarterback they paid a lot of money to. So um, I don't think it's it's disqualifying, and the Eagles are in relatively good position. You know, the offensive core around Jalen Hurts is mostly locked up um, for for the next two three years. Um, Obviously, there is there is a slightly higher degree of difficulty. You have to hit on more draft picks. Um, you probably have to sacrifice a few positions, which the Eagles are used to doing. Typically, linebacker uh, is definitely one of those, and, and maybe safety. Um, I think you probably want more picks when you have a, a, a veteran quarterback like this, so that you have more dice rolls uh, to, to hit. You know, starters on cost controlled deals. And other than that, it's it's like you know it's. It's much harder to win with a bad quarterback than it is to win with a quarterback making a lot of money. Agreed. What do you think, Kalos, let's turn over to the draft. What do you think Howie Rosen and the Eagles want to happen in the first round of the draft? I think I think they want a difference maker at 10. Um, I agree. Just knowing the way that Howie Roseman thinks, um, knowing that you know in his mind they're not going to have a top 10 pick for a long time. This is an opportunity to get a player who can be a long-term, you know, uh, tentpole for the franchise, a pillar at an important position. And I don't think that it has to do necessarily with, you know, 2023. I think uh, that's not the way that he's thinking. And so if you look at who could be available, to me, there are like, there are three guys who are, who would be really intriguing to me. And then one more who's like, okay, that would be good. And then everybody else, it's sort of like, well, if, if they're not there, maybe it's worth trading back to get to get some picks. And, and the four guys, I think, are Will Anderson, who's who's obvious, the pass rusher from Alabama. I don't think he's going to be there. But if he falls somehow to like six, something like that, then then I think Harry Roseman would be interested in trading up, maybe forfeiting some 2024 draft capital because the Eagles have so much draft capital next year. Uh, Jalen Carter is obvious. I don't know if they have cleared him. Uh, in terms of his personality and character stuff on their board. But if if they have, then uh, uh, he would absolutely be a player that they are interested in for sure. I think Paris Johnson, the offensive tackle from Ohio State, fits exactly the kind of player that the Eagles would love. Um, he also visited there today, I believe, or yesterday. I, I think today, yep. Yeah. And, um, you know, you look at, like, when the best offensive tackles are drafted, there are more than half of them over the past decade have been drafted in the top 15. Like if you want an elite offensive lineman, that's where you get them. We know that the Eagles value that you're just paid Jalen hurts, $255 million. You want to make sure that you can keep him protected. I think Paris Johnson fits perfectly in that uh, he can, he's already proven that he can play right guard. He's, he's proven he can play left tackle. So you've got side to side position versatility, um, I think we probably underrate the the need for offensive line for the Eagles right now, just because they have five penciled in starters, assuming Cam Jurgens is going to be the right guard. They uh, don't have much backup. You know, Jack Driscoll is the top backup. He's going to be on the final year of his rookie deal. They've got Sua Opeta. You've got Brett Toth. But that's, you know, that's not a lot of um, insurance for the Eagles. And then uh, if we assume that this is Jason Kelsey's last year, all of a sudden you've got a new starting spot opened up next year at right guard as, as Jerkin slides in Johnson can do that and he can back up a tackle. And then obviously whenever it is that Lane Johnson moves on and he's had injury issues himself, then Paris Johnson can take over there. 
Um, and then the fourth guy for me is, is Christian Gonzalez for, from Oregon, the cornerback. He's just such a clean prospect. Uh, I think he fits the things that they would value. And um, it's obviously a position where they have a long-term need because Darius Slay and James Bradbury are both 30 years or older. And so uh, those four guys to me are like the Eagles wish list at 10, I think. And then everybody else, it's either you're talking yourself into, you know, Nolan Smith and the lack of production or Lucas Van Ness and, and him making that jump. Um, I don't think that Skaronsky is their kind of guy at 10. And then Bijan is a different conversation. I don't think that's a, a, a move that the Eagles would make. All right, let's get WIP'd up in here. What do you think about Bijan Robinson at 10? At 10, I just I just don't see it. Um, the Eagles have so many other needs and so many positions that they value more. Um, it's, I mean, I, I just don't see it. Uh, I, I think there are too many other players who they would view as um, starting caliber, difference-making players at positions that matter to them than, than they would uh, at 10. I mean, if they traded down to 25, something like they really parachute down, then all of a sudden it's, it's maybe a different conversation. But at 10, I just, I just don't see it. Do you think that they should take a running back in the first three rounds? I mean, it's hard to say without knowing who the options are uh, and what the board looks like. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they do. But I don't think that they need to force it. Um, I think, you know, in the third round, especially if they're going to somehow pick up multiple picks uh, by trading down from 30, which I think they're going to do, um, then maybe. But I don't think that it's necessarily a necessity. Okay, so I know you're on a time restraint here. My fault, basically, because of it. But uh, why don't we talk about um, how, how deep are you in this draft? Do you have any like sleepers that you like and whatnot? Have you gotten that far? Well, I'll tell you what, you can read uh, my piece on The Athletic from last week looking into the uh, the offense and defense, like the outliers in this draft and some potential sleepers in the in the late rounds. You can you can uh, go through that on The Athletic. Can you hit me with one or two here? No, read it. <laughs> uh, I like the plug. I, I respect it. Can I hit you with a couple I gotta of keep mine? You, I got to keep people going somewhere. <laughs> can I hit you with a couple of mine that, that quickly before sure. we go? Okay, um, one I know you're gonna like. Do you like an at at Perry from Wake? Of course, Forest? love an at yeah. Perry. You know he he pushed off Georgia to go back to or to stick with Wake Forest. So it's my guy. Even Deacon, I like an at Perry. Um, what do you think of? Have you watched a Chase Brown from Illinois running back? I have watched Chase Brown. I found him like okay, fine. Okay, okay. Um, Zach Kuntz, are you a Zach Kuntz guy? Yeah, the unbelievable athlete from Old Dominion. Yeah. Okay, and um. One more that Dane Brugler put me on. He was on the show the other day. Marte Mapu from Sacramento State. Yeah, super yeah. long arms, a little bit older, but uh, that's a that's a profile for for mid round safeties. That has that, that is not a terrible profile. Although I will say, safeties traditionally a very high percentage of players from Power Five conferences, uh, like the best safeties in the league. And so it's a bit of a it's a bit of a reach, uh, I think. Although he he does have those long arms. I'm kind of with you. I've always been like. Not an ageist, maybe is maybe not the right term, but I'm also not like I know you're big on like drafting. I'm an ageist, guys. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of in the same boat. This year's tough because there's so many older guys because of the COVID year, right? So. Right, exactly. Yeah, you have to you have to obviously bring in that context this year. Yeah. Okay. Um, before you go, plug in anything like you already plugged in the article. Anything else you want to plug in or the listeners take a look at? Sure. Birds with friends is the podcast with Zach Berman uh, that that we record. Um, you can listen to that anywhere you listen to podcasts. Check us out on YouTube. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Bo underscore Wolf, although not really necessary. And then, uh, yeah, subscribe to The Athletic. Bo, thanks so much for doing this. Appreciate you. Thanks, Brendan.